Hello, SEDC members, and welcome to the 2023 annual SEDC conference held here in beautiful Williamsburg, Virginia. Hi, I'm Ray Methvin with Insightful, and the truth is, while Matt and Matthew weren't looking, I hijacked the podcast again, so you have the next few days with me and with a lineup of guests that I'm really excited about. We'll have conversations with community leaders, state leaders, really good vendors we love, so stay tuned and join us. Good questions coming up. And we're here with Edward Birch with the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development. Edward is the Director of Business Development. He's just come off stage with a really wonderful, wonderful presentation for our conference attendees here. Edward, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Ray. This is really cool. As I mentioned, you had a wonderful presentation, and I'd like, but first, you have a really interesting backstory. <laughs> Let's talk about what got you to Tennessee okay. and what got you to economic development. Well, okay, so what got me to Tennessee is my mom is a Nashville native, uh, Judy Birch, and um, just always loved Tennessee. I always felt connected to Tennessee, even though I'm from the Midwest originally. Um, just from the time I was about a teenager, I said, okay, I got to do whatever I can to get to the volunteer state because that's just where I felt this this bond, this connection to. Um, but when I was getting started in my career, I was wanting to be a newsman. I was a, a TV ah. news reporter and wanted to, that's what I wanted to do. I ended up making stops in St. Joseph, Missouri, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, that's where I met my wife. Worked down there for five years, but my goal was always to get to Nashville. That was kind of my destination market when I was working in television. Wow. Uh, it took a lot of time, took a, some rejection along the way, but finally got a job up there. Um, and then as I was working in television in Nashville and, and really kind of in that dream market and place that I wanted to be, I was also looking for something just a little bit more. And as I kind of thought about, well, what is it that Edward Birch likes to do as a reporter? Well, I love storytelling. I love the people engagement. I love being a facilitator and helping people solve problems. And I definitely love talking about Tennessee. So what careers kind of translate to that? And as I started hearing about economic development, I started to meet people in economic development. And they were all so encouraging. They all said, you know, we got to get you on board. And I just thought, okay, I'm sold. Um, and I reached out to the state uh, Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development to just continue to network. And a few months later, I ended up having a whole new career, a life-changing career that's been for the better. Uh, and it's just been so awesome. We've had some great friends that I've made along the way, some wonderful projects uh, that I've gotten to work, um, and certainly a lot of challenges too. You know, we're, we are problem solvers in economic development, sure. and I've encountered so many people that want to row in the same direction. You know, we, we put our heads together. We, we try to overcome. And no is not really an answer. You know, I mean, we, we try. But sometimes it has to be, you know, when the, you just have exhausted all your options. But you don't you don't get to that point until you do. So. Dealing with rejection and how to turn that into a positive, your life experience has prepared you. you got to be an eternal optimist. That's me. Uh, I just, I love trying to find the positives. Um, and I love, you know, the storytelling. That's part of what I was doing for 10 years, but sure. economic development and, and these projects, they all have a story. Every company that we recruit has a story. Tennessee has a story and the communities inside of it. So 
when you're talking about such an awesome place like Tennessee, you truly believe in the product that you're putting in front of your client and, and trying to get them to come to your state. Uh, and there's just so many things that we can talk about that make Tennessee the best place to do business. And it's the best job. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. That's great. We're talking with Edward Birch with the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development. Edward, this is a good pivot point now. Share with our listeners some of what you shared with, uh, with your presentation today. So we talked about how the sandwich is made, and it had to do with an 840-job project that located in Cleveland, Tennessee. And uh, my associate, John Longshore, with Newmark Consulting, uh, he really kind of went into the meat and potatoes of what goes through a site selection process when they're getting dozens of, of submissions to their request for proposal, and how do they kind of shortlist it down, and what, what maybe are some of the drivers. In this case, it was really workforce was a big factor. Um, the company was looking to expand its operations in a little bit more of a southeast, east coast market. Um, but again, 840 jobs uh, in a tight labor market presented its own set of challenges. So the communities that had the site that kind of checked a lot of the boxes, but also then could show the workforce that they had and, and to be able to tap into was huge. So during the presentation, we really did kind of talk about, um, you know, what were some of the things the community did to set itself apart. Um, it also had to do with an incredible center called the Pi Center. It's Partnerships in Industrial Education and Innovation. Um, and in just this facility that was being built while we were actually taking the company on site visits uh, in Cleveland. And it basically was a, a one-stop shop where they had, you know, K through 12, they had career and technical, they had, you know, a facility that could be able to use for hiring events and community engagement. And there was just a lot of things that this Pi Center offered and kind of the company could see the vision of, well, this isn't open yet, it's still a construction site, but what they're doing here is so unique and it's going to be able to help us when we're trying to be able to build that 840 job workforce, including office space and, and training space in the same facility. So um, that was huge and that was a big part of what we talked about today. But, you know, we also talked about the collaboration. And I know that's something you and I have talked about in great detail. It's the key to anybody that works in economic development, you have to be able to collaborate. Uh, and in this project, it truly was so many people in the community that came together, they minimized the risk for the clients, they made them feel at home. There was just that, the warm and fuzzies, and I, I'm a big proponent of the intangibles of a project uh, and just the feel of a community and when you're with those clients and just really getting a gauge of, do they feel at home? Do they, does this place make them happy? Because ultimately, they have to be able to love where they are because that's the way they're, they're going to have success. And I really want to reinforce that because in our earlier conversation, you said those words and they really had an impact on me. So I typed them out and I want to say them again, intangibles and collaborations. Intangibles and collaboration. It sounds like a book title. <laughs> it sounds like a book title, but it's a book of success. It's a book of success. It really is a blueprint. And, you know, Companies will always look at the bottom line. They're always going to be able to say, okay, how many of these things are, are checks in the plus column or, you know, how's this going to impact our balance sheet? And, and truly, you know, the cost of everything is, is such a big driver. Workforce is always going to be a big driver. Um, but I tell you, I've seen several projects locate where, you know, there may be a few boxes that didn't get checked as far as, you know, the costs are concerned or, or, you know, workforce is still a big thing, but it's the feel of the community. 
And I have one of my communities in Tennessee that would say, we like to do business with people that we know, like, and trust. And it's like, when you're there with them, you know, you're having dinner, you're, you're talking with them about, you know, family, you're talking about education, the true things that connect us all, and just being able to get that feel of like, man, this, this already feels like home. That is huge, and I, I'm a firm believer in that, and that companies have to get that feeling. And I think they get it, any company that we're recruiting into Tennessee, they get that feeling, uh, and that's why I think we have such great success, uh, in addition to some great economic developers who make them feel that way. Exactly. Now, share with me, because I know beyond the presentation example that you built on, there are some other hot sectors in Tennessee right now. Share some of your hot spots. Oh, goodness. I think it all starts with EV. Um, um, when it comes to the EV uh, supply chain, uh, battery technologies, uh, just a lot in that sector right now. Obviously, with Blue Oval City locating in West Tennessee, bringing 6,000 jobs along with uh, SK Innovation, you know, those suppliers are starting to jockey for uh, position in Tennessee. Um, we saw Magna locating uh, as one of the big suppliers for uh, Ford and Blue Oval City in West Tennessee and in Lawrenceburg and Southern Middle Tennessee. Um, but that's truly where we are seeing, you know, the most most project activity right now. Yes. Um, and the battery materials too. Uh, I, I located uh, 6K Energy, which um, they are a cathode manufacturer to Jackson, Tennessee. Again, ah. it's that uh, ecosystem in the EV space where everybody wants to be close to those uh, those big EV companies and, and the suppliers that are going out there. Uh, but beyond that, um, you know, Tennessee's doing some great things in the in the clean tech and the energy sector. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, we have a lot uh, going toward nuclear right now, um, including Governor Bill Lee had signed an executive order, um, Executive Order 101, and that's uh, to basically bump up and create our Nuclear Energy Advisory Council. Uh, lots of collaboration that's going on there right now, and that's really the future of, of energy in Tennessee, and TVA is doing some awesome things right now with that. Uh, food and beverage is a pro sector that I work a lot of projects in, and that's okay. what the, the project we talked about today was uh, SK. That was a food and beverage project. Um, they make breakfast sandwiches uh, that they're sold at a very popular uh, chain store that okay. probably people would, would know. Um, and I also do a lot uh, in ceramic tile. But you may not know this, but uh, most of the ball clay that is mined to make ceramic tile in the U.S. comes from the state of Tennessee. Really? So in West Tennessee, they have these ball clay mines, which is one of the key ingredients in ceramic tile. Um, and that is an industry where you know we have so many Italian companies uh, that are located in there that they wanted access to that raw material and also the feldspar that uh, they're brought in and, and uh, brought in from Turkey, but they have terminals in North Carolina. And so Tennessee is, again, strategically placed right in the middle of all that. you got to be lucky and good, uh, but ceramic tile is another industry that we're seeing a lot of, uh, lot of interest in. Um, but I, I tell you, it's advanced manufacturing is what it all goes back to. Huh. I mean, we are seeing an enormous amount of skill sets uh, and companies that are looking for that highly skilled, highly trained workforce. Um, you know, we're seeing more capital investment in these projects, great wages with these projects. Um, and again, wonderful, uh, wonderful resources that are being put toward the training of those, including an additional billion dollars in the governor's budget to go toward our career and technical schools uh, to be able to facilitate and, and expand because they, they're bursting at the seams right now. Wow, wow. Let me ask you, for since our SEDC members span 17 different states in the South, what are some key takeaways that you would share with uh, our economic developers, no matter what state they're in, for success? 
Oh, well, I, as we said, I think you don't, uh, don't underestimate the intangibles um, and, again, the feel of everything. A project activity is still just so strong right now. And I think that, you know, workforce, the states that, that show their workforce is going to be able to have success. Um, and we're seeing, you know, companies that maybe are slowing down their decision-making process for a variety of reasons, but then there are others that are quickly and needing to act quickly right now. So um, I would just say that, you know, really being able to position yourself from a workforce standpoint is huge. Those are the states that are going to win. And we believe that, you know, Tennessee is positioned best in the Southeast from our workforce capabilities, the other resources that we have to be able to attract these companies here as well. We have a great energy story with our partners at TVA as well. So um, I just think it's the best place to be uh, from an economic development standpoint <laughs> and to live, work, and play in Tennessee. There's just nothing like it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're talking with Edward Birch. He's the director of Business Development of the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development. Edward, I always like to close out with a few questions. Sure. So today, let's play favorites. Okay. Edward, what is your favorite holiday? Oh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. What is your favorite dessert? Mmm, chocolate cake. No, okay. Or yellow cake with chocolate ice. How about that? There you nope. go. There we go. Yep. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie is Jaws. Okay. <laughs> and now this will say something about you. What is your favorite karaoke song? Oh, man. I wasn't expecting any of these. These are some good rapid-fire questions. Um, ones that I can actually sing? I actually, oh, here's one. How about Life in the Fast Lane by the Eagles? Absolutely. Are you willing to share a couple of bars? Oh, man. <laughs> He was a hot-headed man. He was brutally handsome. <laughs> yeah, yes, Edward Burke. <laughs> All right, last question, and this is going to be tough for a former newsman. Okay, Maybe. let's hear it. What is the worst haircut you ever had? Uh, one time I had my head shaved when I was a freshman in high school playing football. That was pretty bad. <laughs> I do not have the skull for it. <laughs> Edward, thank you so much for spending Praise. some My time pleasure. with us. It's so great to have you at SEDC. Folks, we've been talking to Edward Birch with the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development. Edward, have a great rest of the conference. Thanks, Ray. I appreciate it. Thank you. Folks, we are joined by Cindy Dancy with Garner Economics. Cindy is the Chief Research Officer at Garner Economics. Cindy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, this is exciting. Cindy, tell our... SEDC listeners about Garner Economics. Describe this for us. Great. I would love to. Uh, Garner Economics is a boutique uh, economic development company. We work on uh, doing strategies. We work on target industry studies. And we also do site selection for a variety of clients. Jay Garner, the founder, has a specialty in, in food manufacturing, but okay. we also cover a lot of other manufacturing and, and distribution companies as well. Okay. Now, you are the chief research officer. What does that really mean? That means I'm the one that deals with all of the data and the numbers. <laughs> um, but no, uh, economic development research is something that I've uh, been doing for a while. I really like it. And in this day and age of data analytics, so many people have started to really lean in to what the numbers say. And what I try and do for everything that we get involved in is how the numbers tell a story. What does the data say? How does that lead us to some of the recommendations that we make? And what does that say about the community? 
what okay. is the number, what stories do the numbers tell? That's interesting because data can be so intimidating, uh, There and there is no end to the granularity of the data that you can pull. Uh, how do you make a determination or what what makes the cut and what doesn't make the cut? How does Cindy start telling that story? Well, you know, there is a lot of data out there and it can be very overwhelming. So what we try and do is go to sources that I know and trust, a lot of federal um, sources, government sources. But then there's also a lot of companies that have been working hard at producing the data and then companies that model on that data. Uh, For instance, the um, um, Chimura Economics and their Jobs EQ and, of course, Lightcast and and other uh, third-party resources that do modeling on uh, data. So we really try and work with trusted data because you can put anything on the Internet. Right. There can be a virtual Wikipedia of things that people think and, you know, have made up. And so really working with some trusted resources and really verifying it and seeing if that story rings true with some other data that you might have or, in some cases, original research Uh that's on the ground. Does that really line up with what we're seeing? Okay. That's interesting because uh, it sounds like don't just trust, verify. Make sure there's a second source that agrees with the data that you're seeing. Yes, for some, particularly when we're, we're seeing a story that um, is going to be a basis for um, some recommendations. You know, there's all kinds of errors here, and, and even federal sources I've seen, they go back, you know, Bureau of Labor Statistics, they go back and they do adjustments. So there's huh. always some adjustments um, happening and, and fine-tuning, so to speak, Sure. Um, as it goes through. But yeah, uh, verify where you can. That's interesting. We're talking with Cindy Dancy of Garner Economics. Uh, Cindy, give us some insights uh, as SEDC members. What's the next 12, 24, 36 months uh, going to look like? What should we be on the, what should we be looking for? Well, I, most people that I've spoken with in, in the South Uh, in the southern states that are members of SEDC really have kept being busy. Project activity is still very high. Relocations are still um, happening. People are still thinking about that. In fact, I've heard some economists say, you know, I'm not really sure that we're going to have a recession. Ah. So again, it's economists. And as we heard this morning, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's a gamble <laughs> with what they say. But I, I think activity is still good. So we'll still see projects going. We'll still see people moving forward. There is still a lot of money from federal sources on being able to look at planning, being able to develop um, and make plans to do so with economic development organizations. How are you going to move the needle? And then also I see uh, some groups that are dealing with ancillary um, things, and I'm sorry if I said that. (laughs) It's one of those words I guess I shouldn't have uh, attempted. But things that deal with um, barriers to getting to where they need to go, and as far as site development, uh, talent development, talent recruitment, um, and so the economic development uh, arena with what local groups are doing has kind of broadened a little bit about what they're having to deal with from possible housing and how they work with partners, uh, training, workforce development, all of those types of things. Okay. 
Very interesting. We're speaking with Cindy Dancy of Garner Economics. Cindy, if for our listeners across our 17 SEDC states, what are a couple of key takeaways that you would say before you do anything else, make sure you have these? I would say make sure you have good data. Make sure you have looked at the numbers. Make sure that uh, or go to somebody that can help you get them, help you um, put them into a story, get them uh, along with the expertise of a long-time economic development um, practitioner or consultant to really uh, get that into telling the picture. I mean, you need some good facts for you to base decisions on moving forward. We're speaking with Cindy Dancy. Cindy, Garner Economics has been such a foundation partner for SEDC for a while. Uh, it's fun to be with you. It's fun to be with Jay. Uh, we really appreciate the fact that you're here. Uh, before you go, can I ask you a handful of really piercing questions? Okay, I'll do my best. <laughs> We're going to play favorites today. Okay. What is your favorite holiday? Christmas. Christmas, without a doubt. Cindy, what is your favorite dessert? Oh, that one is tough. Um, I would say that it is probably um, chocolate turtle dessert. Ooh, okay. Any kind, whatever form that takes? As long as it has pecans, uh, caramel, and chocolate, I think I'm happy. I get it. I get it. What (laughs) is your favorite movie? Oh, that is another tough one. Um, It used to be the classic A Room with a View. Yeah. Um, Really good uh, cinematography and a great story. Um, so yeah, I think I'll stick with that one. Good. My I, I can now, Cindy. What is your favorite karaoke song? <laughs> um, you know, I'll have to go a little bit. You know, we are in the South here, yep. so um, it's uh, the David Allen Coe song. Um, I think that we, he calls it. You the, don't call me by my name. You don't call me by my name. That's right. That's a good one. That's a good one. I have one more question for you, and this is not a favorite, but. Cindy, what is the worst haircut you ever had? <laughs> I think it, I'll have to go back to the 80s where I had a perm <laughs> and uh, a very short haircut at the same time. It was not, nice. a, good, uh, not a good thing to have pictures of. <laughs> nice. Cindy Dancy with Garner Economics, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. Thank you for being here at the SEDC conference. It's great to spend a few minutes with you. Let's talk some more. Wonderful. Thanks again for having me. Thank you.